God made us different, but he didn't make one better than the other. Hello there, this is the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible, and I'm coming to you from Riverside, California, podcasting since 2004. I'm your OG Godcaster, Steve Webb. This is the daily podcast where we're reading through the entire Bible in a year. Welcome. I'm glad you're here today. It's good to see you. If you have a prayer request or a praise that you'd like to share with the LifeSpring family, you can do that at prayer.lifespringmedia.com. I've got a big praise to share with you today. If you enjoy the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible, you can help support the show at support.lifespringmedia.com. The show notes page for today, if you'd like to comment on the show, is lifespringmedia.com slash s12e97. And as always, my email address is steve at lifespringmedia.com. I encourage you to take a look at lifespringmedia.com. Besides the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible, you'll find several other podcasts there that I've done since 2004. Interviews, music shows, there's even a show for the Christmas season. It's called the LifeSpring Why Christmas Show. Find it all at LifespringMedia.com. And by the way, we don't have listeners here. If you're hearing this, you're part of the LifeSpring family, and a healthy family communicates with one another. They contribute. That's what I want from you, to contribute, to participate, get involved, be a part of what makes the show. Today our reading is 1 Corinthians 11 and 12, and I'm calling the episode Vive la Différence. Let's get to it. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Follow my example, just like I follow Christ's. I praise you because you remember all my instructions, and you hold on to the traditions exactly as I handed them on to you. Now I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered shames his head. Every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered disgraces her head. It is the same thing as having her head shaved. If a woman doesn't cover her head, then she should have her hair cut off. If it is disgraceful for a woman to have short hair or to be shaved, then she should keep her head covered. A man shouldn't have his head covered because he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is man's glory. Man didn't have his origin from woman, but woman from man. And man wasn't created for the sake of the woman, but the woman for the sake of the man. Because of this, a woman should have authority over her head because of the angels. However, woman isn't independent from man, and man isn't independent from woman in the Lord. As woman came from man, so also man comes from woman. But everything comes from God. Judge for yourselves. Is it appropriate for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Doesn't nature itself teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a disgrace to him? But if a woman has long hair, it is her glory? This is because her long hair is given to her for a covering. But if someone wants to argue about this, we don't have such a custom, nor do God's churches. Now, I don't praise you as I give the following instruction, because when you meet together, it does more harm than good. First of all, when you meet together as a church— I hear that there are some divisions among you, and I partly believe it. It's necessary that there are groups among you to make it clear who is genuine. So when you get together in one place, it isn't to eat the Lord's meal. Each of you goes ahead and eats a private meal. One person goes hungry while another is drunk. Don't you have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you look down on God's churches and humiliate those who have nothing? What can I say to you? 
Will I praise you? No, I don't praise you in this. I received a tradition from the Lord, which I also handed on to you. On the night on which he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread. After giving thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this to remember me. He did the same thing with the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Every time you drink it, do this to remember me. Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you broadcast the death of the Lord until he comes. This is why those who eat the bread or drink the cup of the Lord inappropriately will be guilty of the Lord's body and blood. Each individual should test himself or herself and eat from the bread and drink from the cup in that way. Those who eat and drink without correctly understanding the body are eating and drinking their own judgment. Because of this, many of you are weak and sick, and quite a few have died. But if we had judged ourselves, we wouldn't be judged. However, we are disciplined by the Lord when we are judged, so that we won't be judged and condemned along with the whole world. For these reasons, my brothers and sisters, when you get together to eat, wait for each other. If some of you are hungry, they should eat at home so that getting together doesn't lead to judgment. I will give directions about the other things when I come. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 Brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. You know that when you were Gentiles, you were often misled by false gods that can't even speak. So I want to make it clear to you that no one says, Jesus is cursed, when speaking by God's Spirit. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are different ministries, and the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God who produces all of them and everyone. A demonstration of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. A word of wisdom is given by the Spirit to one person, a word of knowledge to another according to the same Spirit, faith to still another by the same Spirit, gifts of healing to another in the one Spirit, performance of miracles to another, prophecy to another, the ability to tell spirits apart to another, different kinds of tongues to another, and the interpretation of the tongues to another. All these things are produced by the one and same Spirit who gives what He wants to each person. Christ is just like the human body. A body is a unit and has many parts. And all the parts of the body are one body, even though there are many. We were all baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether Jew or Greek or slave or free, and we all were given one Spirit to drink. Certainly the body isn't one part, but many. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that mean it's not part of the body? If the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, does that mean it's not part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, what would happen to the hearing? And if the whole body were an ear, what would happen to the sense of smell? But as it is, God has placed each one of the parts in the body just like He wanted. If all were one and the same body part, what would happen to the body? But as it is, there are many parts but one body. So the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. Or in turn, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Instead, the parts of the body that people think are the weakest are the most necessary. 
The parts of the body that we think are less honorable are the ones we honor the most. The private parts of our body that aren't presentable are the ones that are given the most dignity. The parts of our body that are presentable don't need this. But God has put the body together, giving great honor to the part with less honor, so that there won't be division in the body, and so the parts might have mutual concern for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part gets the glory, all the parts celebrate with it. You are the body of Christ and parts of each other. In the church, God has appointed first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, the ability to help others, leadership skills, different kinds of tongues. All aren't apostles, are they? All aren't prophets, are they? All aren't teachers, are they? All don't perform miracles, do they? All don't have gifts of healing, do they? All don't speak in different tongues, do they? All don't interpret, do they? Use your ambition to try to get the greater gifts, and I'm going to show you an even better way. Well, beloved, I've got thoughts on chapters 11 and 12 today. Let's talk about chapter 11 first. I'll address what he wrote about men and women and head coverings for women. But first, I think it's most beneficial before we get into this discussion that we look at what Paul said near the end of his talk on the subject of men and women. In verse 11, he said, Woman isn't independent from man, and man isn't independent from woman in the Lord. As woman came from man, so also man comes from woman. But everything comes from God. It looks to me as if Paul is giving equal respect to both sexes in this. Wouldn't you agree? There are other places in his letters where that attitude comes through as well. Some have made the charge that Paul didn't like or respect women, but I don't see that when I look at the totality of his writings. The difficulty lies in cultural bias. Today, the women's equality movement that began in earnest in the 1960s tries to make the assertion that there are no differences between men and women. Of course, that isn't true. God made us different, but he didn't make one better than the other. He just made them different. And this is what Paul is saying in chapter 11. Men and women have different roles. One is not better than the other, but they're different. And that's a good thing. Remember back in Genesis when God said that it was not good for man to be alone. So he made a woman for the man. Men and women complement each other. They complete one another. And then after God looked at what he had made, he said something that he did not say when he completed the previous elements of creation. At those times, he looked at what he had made, and he said, It is good. But when he had finished creating man and woman, he said, It is very good. We should remember that neither men nor women are to abuse their positions, just as Jesus did not abuse his position. Jesus, as God, has the right to do as he wishes with his creation, and what he chooses to do is to love us. And this is how we should treat each other. So Paul laid out the different roles of the sexes in the Corinthian church. Men had a role. Women had a role. There should be order in church, not chaos. That was his basic message. But what was happening in Corinth was not order. And Paul's answer was that if the sexes adhered to their proper roles, there would be order. And if they treated each other as Jesus treats us, there would be love. So let's move on now to the issue of covering the head and hair length. To us today, the whole discussion seems kind of foreign to us, doesn't it? 
In today's American culture, especially among Protestants, we don't make a big deal out of head coverings in church or hair length for either male or female. So, based on 1 Corinthians 11, are we mistaken? Is it really important to God? Let's take a look. As is usually the case when studying the Scripture, the first thing we should consider is context. What's happening in the scene? The recurring theme in verses 13 to 16 is order, or the hierarchy of authority. Paul says in verse 3, Now I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Now, in the Corinthian culture, a woman who wore a head covering was showing her submission to the authority of her husband, and consequently her submission to God. Lest we take umbrage at this concept, consider that submission does not mean that we're implying that one who submits is less than the one who is being submitted to. Do you doubt that? Well, consider this. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are equal parts of the one united triune God, are they not? Yet the Son submits to the Father and the Spirit to the Son. They are equal, yet there is an order. The relationship of the husband and the wife is a picture of this relationship. In the Corinthian culture, a woman's long hair in the covering of her head was an outward show of her agreement with the God-established order. A man's short hair and lack of head covering was the same. Now, we know that what God considers important is the condition of the heart, right? Yes, what we do is important because our actions often flow from our heart, but in our culture, where head covering and hair length has little or nothing to do with our marital status, God doesn't care about hair and covers, but He most certainly cares about our submission to His authority and the order He set out for husbands and wives. Christ is in submission to the Father. The husband is in submission to Christ. The wife is in submission to the husband. No one has his or her thumb on the other. This is a love relationship with respect and reverence. I deeply love the lovely Lady Leanne, and I'd give my life for her just as Christ gave himself for me. I don't lord it over her. Her well-being is my most important priority other than serving and loving God. She responds to the love I show her by respecting and loving me in the same way. We're equal partners, and at the same time, there is the order that God laid out. And not surprisingly, it seems to be working. We love each other more today than the day we got married nearly 32 years ago which, by the way, we'll be celebrating that 32nd anniversary this coming New Year's Eve. You'll hear more about that later. The point is, every year our bond is stronger in every way possible. And if she were here right now, she'd tell you the same thing. So no, God doesn't care today in our culture what is on your head. He cares about your submission to Him. That's it. Now, in chapter 12, Paul is addressing another issue that's bringing this argumentative Corinthian church another cause for divisions— and unfortunately, the division of a church over disagreements about spiritual gifts doesn't end with them. When I was a teenager, I gave my heart to the Lord when I was attending a very traditional Southern Baptist church. I loved the people there, and I loved the pastor, but I don't remember ever hearing a word about spiritual gifts. And when I first got married and moved away from home, I began attending a little community church in the city of Mammoth Lakes, California. Now, this church had just undergone a split over disagreements about spiritual gifts. I had no idea what they were even talking about. But the new pastor, who'd been brought in to replace the pastor who left, 
preached a series of sermons about the various gifts of the Spirit. And he did such a great job, backed up by scriptures like 1 Corinthians 12, that my own theology on the subject was shaped then and hasn't changed a lot over the ensuing years. In a nutshell, Paul taught the Corinthians that the Holy Spirit gives gifts to different people as he chooses. They all have value, just as each part of the body has value. He taught them that it's silly to argue about what part of the body is better, and it's silly to fight over what gift is better. Paul's analogy of the church being like a human body is a good one. Each part has a purpose. When one part hurts, the whole body hurts. The foot is as much a part of the body as the ear. When you separate a part of the body from the body, it cannot continue to live, and the body suffers. So we shouldn't value one gift over the other. We should just ask God to give us whatever gift it is He wants us to have, and then celebrate that. What do you think? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Comment on the show notes page at lifespringmedia.com slash S12E97. We'll begin the book of Exodus tomorrow with the reading of the first four chapters. Boo! Well, family, the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible exists for you. My goal is to help you read through the Bible in a year. And if you're happy that it shows up every day in your podcast app, it'd be great if you would support the show with a value-for-value donation. Whatever value you receive from the show, please go over to lifespringmedia.com support and send that amount to me to help keep the show going. You can send a one-time donation or sign up to donate weekly, monthly, or quarterly. Many of you donate at your church, and that's great. Your church deserves your support. What about the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible? LifespringMedia.com support. On this date in church history, December 5th, 1948, on WPIX-TV in New York City, the first televised church service in sign language is conducted by the Reverend Floyd F. Possel, who read the scriptures and preached from St. Matthew's Lutheran Church for the Deaf in Queens. I think that's awesome. How did you find the show? Let me know. Email me at steve at lifespringmedia.com and use the subject line, Here's Where I Found You. I really would like to know how you found the show. Steve at LifespringMedia.com. Use the subject line, Here's Where I Found You. Thanks. I have a praise to share with you today. Just a few minutes ago, my youngest son did a FaceTime call with the lovely lady Leanne and I from his home near Orlando, Florida, where they had a gender reveal party for the newest member of the Webb family. Tim was pulling for a boy, and Valerie was hoping for a girl. Any guesses? What do you think? If you guessed a boy, then you should guess again. It's going to be a little girl. Oh, me? I didn't make a guess. I'm just thrilled for Tim and Val. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for making us the way you did. You made us with different talents, different likes and dislikes, different heights, different weights. We're all different, and you love each one of us. How boring it would be if we were all the same. One thing we do have in common is that we all need you. You give us life here on earth, and you paid a tremendous price so that we would have eternal life if we accept Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. 
What a tremendous gift, Lord. We thank you for that. Help us, Lord, to use the talents you've given us for your glory. Show us how to use them to their greatest potential. And if we haven't yet found our gift, Lord, please help us to find them and then use them for you in the way you had in mind when you gave them to us. And now that we know that you're going to put a new little girl into Tim and Val's care, we just ask that as you're forming her, please make her to be a woman of God. May you create a heart that longs to know you and who will be one who is a strong voice, who will bring people to know you. Yes, we ask that you give her health and long life, but most of all, we put her into your care and look forward to the day she accepts Jesus as her Savior. Lord, I ask that you be with Tim and Val and help them to be loving, godly parents. Help them through the many adjustments that are undoubtedly coming into their lives and give them your wisdom as they raise this life that you're bringing into their home. Thank you for this blessing, Lord. We praise you when we worship you. And I pray for the LifeSpring family members, Lord. Thank you for each one. Bless them, Lord. Walk closely with them today. Give each of us, Lord, a thirst to know you more. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved, if you have a prayer request or a praise you'd like to share with the family, go to prayer.lifespringmedia.com and fill out that form you'll find there. I'll pray for you in my private prayer time, and I'll pray for you on the show. And if God has done something great in your life lately, let us know. Let the LifeSpring family celebrate with you. Prayer.lifespringmedia.com Today's Christmas music is from my friend, the electric rev, Jimmy Bratcher. I've known Jimmy for several years, having first discovered him while looking for music to play on the LifeSpring Weekend Music Show, of which there are over 100 episodes you can hear at music.lifespringmedia.com. Jimmy and I developed a friendship after I've played his stuff on my show several times, and he played a show at my church here in Riverside and at one of the podcast expos in Las Vegas. I invited him out to play and preach at the worship service we organized. He's been to my home, where we fed him the lovely Lady Leanne's world-famous tacos. Jimmy's a great guy, and he loves the Lord. This is the title song from his Man It's Christmas CD. You can listen to the whole album at jimmybratcher.com, and I'll have a link on the show notes page at lifespringmedia.com slash s12e97. Until tomorrow, may God bless you richly. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Steve Webb. Bye. Snow's flat, man, it's cold. It's in the air everywhere I go. It's a crazy time of the year. Man, it's Christmas. Family's coming from out of town. Mama's cooking, so look out now. It's the best time of the year. Man, it's Christmas. Presents, mangers, and mistletoe. Stocking trees and lights that glow. Turkey dressing and all that stuff. I know for sure I'm gonna eat too much. Married Jesus and three wise men. Joseph Angels at Bethlehem Come on, let's celebrate Man, it's Christmas
ways Round the tree on Christmas Day Tearing paper and ribbons flying I hope they did what I did buying My card is maxed but I don't care I'll pay the bill sometime next year Come on, let's celebrate Man, it's Christmas It's a man, it's Christmas Merry Christmas, everybody!